Welcome to Design Speaks. This lovely podcast is brought to you by a graphic design geek and a regular human being, aka a non-designer. We're here to chat about music, pop culture, cool places, and basically whatever we feel is relevant. Hey, my name is Michelle, and you're listening to episode 111 of Design Speaks. On today's episode of Design Speaks, we are throwing it back to not one but two oldie but goodie episodes. Episode 41 happened because a listener decided to message in and ask when to know if we should scrap an idea or if we should ever scrap an idea at all. And episode 49 happened because of Brandy's love for books. Recently, we talked about judging a book by its covers, so I thought... What the heck? Why not bring back the actual episode about whether or not we should judge an actual book by its actual cover? Remember, if you have any questions, we would love to talk about them. And you can message us on Instagram at Design Speaks Podcast, or you can email us at brandy at brandyc.com. B-R-A-N-D-I-S-E-A. That's brandy at brandyc.com. Okay, I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you love this show and want to support it so we can keep making more episodes, get to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash design speaks. And you can give as little as $1 or as much as $50. You can give monthly. You can give one time, whatever you want. We can't do this without you. We can't do this without you. So go patreon.com slash design speaks. My question for the week isn't even my question. It came from a listener named Allie. Thank you, Allie, for chiming in. We are now talking about your question. Um, Her question is, I would love to hear your thoughts about knowing when or if to scrap an idea, if you should scrap your ideas at all. Do you hit dead ends in your process and have to start fresh? So, go. That's actually kind of a hard question. Good Do you job, have you ever scrapped? Allie. I know. Have you ever scrapped an idea? Yes. Okay. Why? Um. Okay. So reasons to scrap an idea. Um. Okay. So you all know I do the process. I get a concept which is based on the problem that I'm trying to solve based on the audience I'm trying to reach. Um, And so combined, so if I get the concept based on the problem and the people I'm trying to reach, then later my design should tie back to all three of those things. So my design should answer the question or the problem I'm trying to solve. My design should appeal to the audience And it should match my concept. So if I have an idea that I'm doing and it happens where I'm like, okay, I'm going along, I'm going along and something's not working. And I'm like, okay, I need to start asking myself, why isn't this working? Is it the typeface? Is it the layout? And the only time I scrap a whole idea ever instead of just parts of it is when it's not achieving those three things. So if it's not going to appeal to the target, if it doesn't feel right to the concept that I've come up with based on the design brief and my mind map, and um, it's not helping solve the problem that the client brought to me, 
it's a useless piece of design and I need to start over. Does that mean you just went somewhere wrong in your process? Um, maybe, but most of the time that means that I wasn't paying close enough attention as I was going and I just kind of went off the rails. But there are times where um, I didn't choose the correct concept because I wasn't thinking about the problem. I was just like, this sounds like a good concept. This will appeal to the audience. But that's only one of the parts. Right. So, yeah, usually I only have to scrap an idea if I'm not following the process correctly. Or if I just get wrapped up in designing and I'm like, Which oh, is what a lot of designers do. I like, yeah, I like this. Or this is just, I'm having like fun instead of doing my job like and having fun. I'm just having fun. I usually end up down a, a terrible rabbit hole and then I have to pull myself back out and go back to my mind map and go back to my problem. And it can be frustrating, but to answer your question, yes, I think that there are often ideas that need to be scrapped, but less, it'll happen less often if you're keeping like in line with the things that you should be doing. So how often do you have to scrap bits and pieces of an idea? Um, I would say probably throughout the process. And that's where the design math part comes in. Because that when you start asking why, you are able to then basically figure out what's working and what's not working. So if you're saying, you know... Um, my client's problem is that they need to increase uh, book sales 5% this quarter. So, um, for example, actually, this is a problem one of my students has. They're designing a, uh, a web pop-up ad for a bookstore. And their problem actually is that they need to increase their actual revenue by 5%. So some some businesses' problem is they just want to get people in the door. Some people just want to get their name out because they're new. Something that's quantifiable, like a 5% increase in revenue, is a much more difficult problem. So um, I was working with her today, and basically she's designing something um, but along the way, she's had to ask, okay, this is cool, and it's interesting, and people will probably like to look at it, but will they click on this? And when they click on it, will they go somewhere that's going to make them want to buy a book? That's really well thought out. And if it doesn't... What's the point? Yeah. Then you're not solving the problem. You might be appealing to the audience, but it's just going to be another pop-up ad where you go, oh, that's clever. X. Yeah, exactly. Like you tricked me. (laughs) Exactly. So it could have been a cool design, but was it doing its job? No. So she had to scrap a couple of the ideas that she had because they weren't incentivizing the audience to click through to even get to a place where they could buy a book, even if they wanted to. That's really interesting. So that's just one example. But so that's why asking why and like tying your design back to like those three simple things 
makes it not so overwhelming. It's like, okay, does this match the concept? Does this appeal to the audience? And does it answer or solve the problem? And if it's doing one or two of those three, you don't have to scrap it. You have to change it to fit all three. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, because then you just figure, okay, well, why is this not solving the problem in that example? Okay, maybe it's just the way I'm asking the question or whatever it is I'm designing on here. So that's a good answer to a really good question. Yeah, that was a great question that I didn't know I had. (laughs) That you didn't know you didn't know. (laughs) Exactly. Thank you, Allie. She's also the one who we heard from this week. Yeah, she had a great comment too. I'll let you read it. So she said, I really enjoy the dynamic between you and Michelle, and you both genuinely seem interested in helping people improve design skills without being snarky about it. Oh, we're not? (laughs) (laughs) I feel very snarky. And I just feel genuinely interested. So (laughs) we maybe we're leveling each other out. Yeah, just good balance. She said, I'm working toward having a more solid process in my own workflow, so I appreciate when you talk about that. I, th- I feel like... When do I not? I know, <laughs> but I feel like having a process is something that needs to be hammered into our minds in every aspect of life, not just design. I yeah. realize when I don't have a process to cleaning the kitchen, doesn't get done, like, at all. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the thing about my specific process is... Honestly, probably going to take a good number of these episodes for people to really grasp because I've also gotten a lot of comments that are like, oh, yeah, I have a process. But it's not a solid process. It's not the same and it's not solving problems. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. My process for a lot of things are you have step one, two and three and don't go out of order. But there's a lot more to one, two and three that I don't go dive deep into yet. So. It's helpful hearing from you. So, Ali and I appreciate you. Aw, two Um, people. Yes, (laughs) two whole people. That's a big deal. (laughs) Two times the people that you influence, times the people that they influence, you know. There you go. It's like a... (laughs) I'll take what I can get. A ripple. What is it? A tree? Like, it's rooting. Oh, I was thinking of like a ripple, like when you throw a Ripple effect. Yep, got it. That's something The tree root effect? I don't know. (laughs) Ripple effect sounds better. Ripple effect. Let's go to bed now. So what's the question today? So we talked about this a little bit about book covers and you are really, really, mm, you're really passionate about book covers. Yes. I'm passionate about books. About books, just literature in general. Yes. But you love a good book cover. I do. Um, And book covers are really fun to look at. My favorite thing, one of my favorite memories is going to the midnight release of Harry Potter every single year since book four. So not every year, but. Which was what year? A uh, Goblet of Fire was, I was still in high school. It was like, yeah, no, it was, I was in middle school. I don't remember what year that was. <laughs> okay. It was before, We're not it that was before, old, Michelle. It was before 2000. <laughs> it was before the year 2000. You're like, it was before oh, time no. began. <laughs> no, maybe it was just after 2000. Wow. I cannot remember okay, what year that was. Sorry. Put you on the spot. Sorry. I'm like, I oh, thought you would know. Early 2000s. I thought you would know this stuff. Very early 2000s. Um, so I would go to the midnight releases and then I'd come home at the time I was living, I lived in Vegas in the summer. So I'd come home and went to my sister's house and I would take, the first thing I did was take off the book cover and I'd unfold it, lay it out and look at the jacket, the dust jacket. That's what I meant. The dust jacket. And I'd look at the entire thing and see 
if I could tell what this book was about mm. by looking at the illustration, at the artwork. And it was so much fun because I was like, what the heck does this even All mean? All the little hints and things that later yeah. you understand. Like in Goblet of Fire, the, the biggest thing for me was what is this egg what is this egg? <laughs> and it's obviously it's explained in the book. Mm-hmm. But so um, I love a good book cover and I love looking at them. So I want to know from your perspective, how can you tell if a book cover is a good book cover? Can you judge a book by its cover? Is that fair? That's fair. I think um, so. I actually did a uh, I think I did a design tip Tuesday on this Um where I'm actually telling people how to do this kind of as an exercise. And so that's your YouTube. I'll, yeah, my YouTube channel. Um, so I'll start with, with that because I think it's a really cool um, – I just do it – I do weird things just by nature. <laughs> but I just do this naturally, but I realize that it's kind of a good exercise, um, especially if you don't interact with a lot of people um, like on a team, like if you're a freelancer and you mainly work with yourself. Um, it's hard to to get into a place where you can critique other people's work. Mm-hmm. Um, but something that you can do with books but by nature um, is judge the design cover first and see if you can kind of like – so go to a bookstore, whatever bookstore you go to, pick a book that looks interesting to you or whatever and look at the cover and see if you can figure out what it's about just by looking at the cover. Then you flip it over and you look at the back and see if you're right. And it, because it, it tells you, like, it's like a little synopsis. Yeah, it's like a synopsis. And so sometimes it's a really, it's just like a good um, design thinking, design concepting practice to do. Because then you can go, okay, I can kind of see this, like, if it's a mystery, like, why they use these colors or why they use this typeface or, like, why most of this stuff's in shadow or, you know, sometimes it doesn't work at all. And when it doesn't work at all, I'm like, okay, is this because they're trying to throw you off with the design? Like try and leave you. Like it's still intentional? Yeah. Like is it? And that's what I don't know. So that's kind of like, those are the ones that I tend to want to read sometimes even more because it's like, okay, why? this doesn't make sense based on the synopsis on the back or what kind of writer this is. So what's the catch? Like, why is there this thing on the cover that doesn't have anything to do with anything else? So um, that's... Just a tip for you guys, if you're feeling like you're in a rut and you can't, like, figure out concepting, like, just go look at book covers. Take you out of that little rut that you're in. see if you can figure it out. So I think that you can definitely judge a book by its cover, and I will almost never, unless I've been, you know, massively recommended a certain book, buy a book if it doesn't have a good design. Yeah, no, me either. And you just feel like you're doing yourself a disservice and everyone in the world by continuing to make purchases on a book that is just not good. Mm-hmm. So or looks hokey. Cheesy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I I love I love um, judging trends by book covers. So like uh, I think I, d- I did a post on Instagram. Not I don't know. It was like over the summer. I think maybe. Um, where I just went into a bookstore and was like, oh, I like this, I like this. And then when I got back home, I was looking through all the pictures and I'm like, I see a trend here. There's like brush strokey type hand lettering and really like uh, tropical color schemes. Mm -hmm. But they were all completely different kinds of books. They were all different authors, um, not even in the same genre. It was like fiction, nonfiction, like all kinds of history or in between it was like, this is the trend. Like, but was this it is a the cool trend? Time of the time of like 
the I don't world? Know. I don't know. Like I don't know. Like in the 70s or the 80s? No, I don't think so. And that's what, what, what was like interesting to me. So it wasn't um, – the concept still worked – for each individual book, but they were all so different. So it was like really intriguing to me that like the color schemes and the type work was like the the thing. So um, as far as like how can you judge a book by its cover, I say yes, and I say you should. Um, and uh, I I think that what I find the most interesting about classic book covers, which is why it's one of like my goal things, is that you can do so much with. You can do so much with the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like I know people who collect Jane Austen books. Right. And they're all Jane Austen books. They're all the same Jane Austen books, but they all have like just a, a different a different interpretation of the same concept. Yeah, which is I was like, going to ask Phew. you about that. Yeah, that's crazy. Because <laughs> Mind-blowing. I've seen the same book with like it's it's interesting how you perceive it because I've seen the same book with like a few really terrible covers and then I've seen the same that same exact book with like one really interesting one that you're like makes me want to pick it up mm-hmm. and read it and feel like the author is somebody completely different than they are in the other books. Right. And it's just weird that how it has that effect on us and how powerful a book cover actually is. Yeah, it tells us that. It's a it's like a commercial. It's like a commercial yeah, for it the really book. Is. It's like, you know, there's Especially at a bookstore, there's thousands and thousands of books that you walk by. And it's like for them to have, you know, sitting next to 15 or 20 others that they have like featured, quote unquote, like for you to want to grab one and pick any one up is like it's a skill to design something that it will totally. draw people in like that. Totally. Have you had any experience with designing book covers? <laughs> yes. Um I have, yes. Um, they were mostly like, um, I don't even know how to categorize it. They're Christian books. Yeah. Christian like commentary type books, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, and those were fun because honestly, like things that are a little like deeper, like things that are a little like spiritually deep are kind of harder to concept. Yeah. It's not like this is a story about a boy who meets a girl and they fall in love. It's like <laughs> and we're uh, going to do a silhouette of them almost kissing. Right. It's <laughs> it's like here the idea for this book is that like um God has his his like fingerprint on your life or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like okay, um how do you put something like that into something interesting? Um, so yeah, I've done I've done a few. I've done like a cookbook. <laughs> really? Yeah, that's fun. I've done a cookbook. I've done a couple of those books. I've done like just some little like booklet things. But um, yeah, I think book covers are really interesting to me and really fun. It was surprising to me when I had students. Um, when I assigned I assigned each a whole it was like twelve or thirteen students um, a different classic book. Um, to design a cover for and I was I don't know why I'm always so shocked I'm like how do you not know like what to put on here it was like um they would just put the title on the book no and, cop out and like not like not really even have anything on the back mm-hmm. and I'm like okay so for those of you out there who want to know yeah no I do <laughs> actually you should totally explain that to yeah. us what goes into a book cover yeah it's it's sort of like really basic stuff that maybe that's why maybe it's because it's so basic people take it for granted you have to have the author yeah that yep. makes sense you have to have the how title do you, how do you like <laughs> how do you put them in alphabetical order right? yeah you have to have 
a barcode mm-hmm. somewhere. Yeah. Like you usually can, the back bottom. Usually in the back left. somewhere. Um, if you're doing a dust jacket as opposed to just like a cover, you have to have the flappies, the mm-hmm. little inside flaps. The, about the author. Yeah. And how you what you do with those is up to, up you, to you. And I you guess. can you can play and have fun with those. Um, you have to have a synopsis. Usually there's a, like you said, a bio. There's often review. Oh yeah, like, like a little best selling yeah. author. And yeah, like so and so says this book is my favorite. New York Times <laughs> yeah. rates this is number one yeah. in whatever. Yeah, so um I think that if you're trying to get into book design, you have to understand all the things. It's not like here's just a cool design with the name of the book slapped on the front. But it's not really a foreign <laughs> concept. We all live in a at, we all live somewhere where a library exists. Yes. So we can but, go check it out. Yes. And I was just shocked at how many students came to me the, the day it was due and were like, well, but you didn't tell me we had to put the author on it. And I was like, I mean... <laughs> I mean, you're like an adult, I think, right? <laughs> pretty sure, yeah. Pretty sure you've... You you know how to, like, get dressed in the morning. <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing. Yeah. Just basic things. It's just. like, it's like no, <laughs> zip up your zipper. Like, yeah. <laughs> just Tie do your it. shoes <laughs> to keep them on. Yeah. So um, I think that, that there's just so much really interesting, so many interesting things you can do with books because there's any number of interpretations of the same thing. Tell them about, um, what was it, the Tolkien guy? Uh, the collect Tolkien guy. Doesn't he collect like Tolkien books yes. that are? Like- yes, he collects every Tolkien book in existence, <laughs> and I've seen so many versions of. We'll just say the Hobbit, the Hobbit, or you know, like the 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 core. But then he has like all the versions of the Silmarillion and um, like Lost Stories and uh, Baron and Luthien and like all these things that are the same book but they all have these vastly different covers from like really painterly like illustrated things to really modern where it's just the ring just the crown just the towers um and so i think that the opportunity in book covers is so huge um you can go to any bookstore too and look at like Shakespeare and find the same book and there's all these the same play and there's all these different interpretations and covers and they always do like special editions Mm -hmm. like this is this year's penguin set and next year we'll have a new one and it's like oh my gosh it's like my dream job I love that (laughs) so I think my favorite thing uh, that the takeaway from this is I'm really excited to go into a bookstore and do this now is to look at a cover and see if I can guess what the book is about before I read the yeah and even like even a little bit further like try and Try and like articulate a concept. So not just what is this book about, but what is the concept of this cover? That is a fun game to play. Yeah. So especially when you know the book. So if it's Romeo and Juliet and it, it's this certain cover, what concept were they trying to push with this particular design? Mm-hmm. And that's really fun. And it's it's hard. Like, it actually, like, hurts your brain sometimes. <laughs> but it's good. It's a good little good brain. Pain. Yeah, it's a, it's a good um, brain pain. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah. I This is kind of just like a fun episode because I'm all into books and stuff. and You can, too. And you can, too. <laughs> yeah. So, But also, it is a, a really good exercise um, for you guys. And I hope that you try it and let me know how, yeah. how it worked out for you because it works out well for me. <laughs> Tons of fun. Uh, Brandy, 
Where can people, I'm going to switching this up. Where can oh people gosh, go to find us? Freaking me out. Um, <laughs> you can find us on all forms of social media at B-R-A-N-D-I-S-E-A. Brandy C. Yep. And uh, yeah, give us your feedback. I've been getting, I've been getting some little snippets of just like, hey, here's what I've been doing and stuff. We and got to hear from a two-year um, design student. Like she's in her second year. Yep. That was fun. Yeah, she's, yep, she said that it was really helpful, and I love to hear that from you guys. Um, also, thanks to Vespertine for allowing us, as always, to use his brilliant music on our podcast. And we'll see you later. Bye, guys. Well, the precious will fade in a grim mystique, but we won't.